Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Super Producer Chuck Bailey and Quiz Wizard Ian Stimson. It's been so long, it's topsy-turvy. No one remembers anything anymore. Who am I? Who are you? Where is this? What time of man? Um, We're all dust. Physics. Dust in the wind. You alright, Oscar? Is that it? Pod out? Done. <laughs> Peace, we're back, people. I am, I am definitely quite good. Uh, happy to be back with you guys. I wanted to see what you would do with that. Just throw the, you know, sometimes I like to throw a little uh, ball at the court there and see what happens. Um, actually, though, speaking of, I did want to say a very, very, very genuine and heartfelt thank you to everyone who sent me messages over the last couple of weeks uh, with regards to the losses in my family and, and my sort of mental being and all that sort of stuff. It really meant a lot. Um, you are all lovely and kind human beings, and I can think of no greater compliment than that word. So thank you. Love you all. Appreciate you. While we're on sort of logistical stuff, I guess, uh, get this out of the way too. Just given the realities of my work situation at the moment, I'm going to be kind of spotty over the next couple of months between now and May. He's turning into a Dalmatian. Um, <laughs> that is a fact. He's going undercover. Uh, we can't talk about it anymore. It's a whole Corella Deville situation. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, it was inevitable with the time difference. Um, it got a little harder for me to get out of work on time to record with you gentlemen during the week um, for the next couple of months. So I will be missing probably about over half the episodes, but I just want to reassure the viewers, listeners, peoples, <laughs> uh, that I am very much still committed to this podcast. This is not a situation of one of those where like, oh, this guy's going to be on every few episodes and then he's going to quit like next month. Like, no, I love this show. It's just hard to do something where I'm in New York and you guys are across the ocean and, uh, you know. Logistically, that is tough to work out, but mm-hmm. good vibes, right, gentlemen? All in the FA Cup, right? FA <laughs> Cup, yeah. God, it's been a while. For now, for now, bleak. It's the only place where we win, Ian. For fuck's sake. Am I looking forward to Man City trashing us about nine nil? Yes. Yeah. Why not? In a Get way. in line, you and the rest of us. You know, might as well see some quality. Ugh, dear. Why? How are things over on Posh Island? Is it not good, uh, uh, wonderful <laughs> times over there? Or? Motherfucker. I don't know. 538, I think, says we're 93% to go down. I think we're, they're being very generous there. That's, that's giving us 7% to <laughs> 7% stay up. variance. Outrageously high. Uh, Darren Ferguson's gone. Um, a couple of weeks ago, didn't you say he'd never leave? He won't go anywhere? Pretty sure well, that was you. I'm, I'm stunned. Yeah, I'm stunned because we gave him a new contract when we were doing very badly, which was a great decision. So I was like, well, he's not gonna, he's not gonna resign. Uh, it but turns out he has. I mean, there must be something. Surely there's some sort of payoff happening. But it's just too late anyway. Who cares? It's. I mean, we we're down now. We might as well have hung on to him and he can get us out of League One because that's what he does. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just. Well, that's what he. Did. did. I don't know. It's yeah, it's just very poor at my club at the minute. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> couldn't think of a better time to be playing possibly one of the best teams in the world. Uh, yeah, the best team. Definitely. <laughs> I've got a caveat here because the title race is back on, guys. Oh, please. Please. No, don't even. What? We'll get to what? that, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, all credit to Tottenham. Tottenham done the double, but no clean sheets was there. No, exactly. You know. <laughs> 2-0. Just, just saying. 2-0, fine. We haven't got much else to go on, guys. We aren't winning <laughs> games. We aren't. Come on, the vibes are all gone. Give picking me up the points. <laughs> the goals, the wins. One win in 12. Why is this here? I thought this bit of the pod was for Ian to get it, not me. <laughs> all right, Ian, fish talk. Save us. What's going on with the fish? You you get all the tanks in? Uh... No, no, I'm not doing fish tank talking. They're all fine. They're all still alive. It's uh, the one ray of hope in my life. Carry on. Wow. Off to a great start this week. Uh... <laughs> Ian's, new, uh, Ian's new offshoot podcast, Ian Stimson, one in the tank, uh, as we see which fish will be the last surviving in Ian's tank. Yeah. It's a reality show waiting to happen. The mm-hmm. big finale is uh, cats, uh, Chuck's cat shows up and picks the last <laughs> winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, thank you. We're very happy to have you. Uh, we are one American and two Brits, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often find anything else to talk about when it makes us sad. Um, if you are coming back, thank you. We love you. We appreciate it. Uh, leave us a review. Continue to spread the word. Tell your friends. Uh, Patreon.com slash pod where you can join the fun on the Slack and spreadsheets and other things. 
Uh, and we will kick things off around here as we do pretty much most weeks. And that is with our famous segment. <coughs> rapid, rapid, rapid fire fixtures. Mixed it up on you there. Uh, no really interesting news stories going on. So we're going to go straight to the fixtures. Weirdly, actually, one that I do want to talk about for once. And that is West Ham 0 Newcastle 1. I have thoughts on Newcastle. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. 1-1, 0.6 to 0.8. I want to talk about this. Got the score wrong. One yeah, you said West Ham nil, Newcastle 1. Oh, sorry. No, West Ham 1, <laughs> Newcastle 1. 0.6 to 0.8 on XG. Uh, boys, Newcastle doing a result on West Ham. More generally, in the last month, Newcastle, fourth place unexpected. Behind only Manchester, Manchester and Liverpool. Don't like... Yeah, Newcastle are really good. I'm really enjoying watching them play. I'm definitely not saying this to reverse jinx it. Um, they've been so <laughs> enjoyable, especially over the last five games. Two draws, three wins, like Oscar said, fourth in the league. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Eddie Howe is a revolutionary. He's doing an incredible job. And I can't wait to see them uh, clinch a European spot next season. Suck it. <laughs> Comprehensive reverse jinx. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Come on, no love for your boy Alan C. Maximin. He's he's there. He the, the things are yeah, good. Inj- injured, injured. <laughs> well, he still is there. Mm. Come on, you got to give me something on Newcastle. You got to give me more than that, man. They went from like ninety nine point nine percent to go down. They're down to thirty six. Burnley at thirty four percent. Like they are okay. Sixty sixty seven percent. I think they were, no seventy six. They were up to I think at one point. But yeah, ninety nine point nine nine. Same thing. Yeah, I don't want them to stay up. So I want chaos. And, and I want to make it clear that my position is not that I necessarily hate Newcastle because in no. previous history, I'm actually fine with them. I'm fine with the the buy-in and the amount of uh, kind of devout fandom that they have in that area. The fact that they've always, even down in the championship, had a 50-odd thousand-seater stadium that's been fooled, uh, f- full. Sorry, <laughs> not fooled. Uh, they have been fooled a little bit um, sometimes. But, you know, I don't think you can deny the the devotion and the passion in in the area of 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 what was and they've they've managed to kind of keep it up at that level um i also don't really like sunderland so you know naturally i gravitate more towards newcastle um but i also very very much root on the side of chaos and the most unbelievably madcap thing happening at any kind of moment so Newcastle getting relegated to me would I'd be kind of sad because you know Newcastle going down but also it'd just be fucking brilliant to have them get bought out and become quote unquote the richest club in the world and get relegated in the same season Um, sort of akin to Wigan let's say (laughs) well they do have a terrible terrible end to the season as far as Newcastle goes so that does kind of go in your favour there they finished Liverpool City Arsenal and Burnley so Burnley on the last day of the season could be potentially a relegation decider, um, but they face Liverpool City and Arsenal leading into that. So they need to get these points now because um, right. it'll be too late. Is that why then. the 5.38 you know, predictions still have Newcastle to go down, even though when you look at the table, they look like they've got a bit of a buffer. You know, they're four points clear of Watford now. Uh, Burnley have got two games in hand, but it's but it's Burnley, and you know three three nil against Brighton aside, you know you don't you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't expect them to pick up lots of points. You know, see, it seems like Newcastle was a sort of pulling away. I mean, they're underlying them like they're in the, over the last month, over the last five games, they are fourth, unexpected, right? So like their numbers have been good more recently, but if you look at the picture of the entire season, they're still like far and away one of the worst teams like yeah. one of the bottom three okay so that carries a lot of weight statistically because there's a lot of yeah. momentum to that data basically fair enough um so do so the big question then do we think that liverpool will be able to continue to turn it around and have a miracle save and stay up this season <laughs> liverpool Ian... you just asked if liverpool would stay up <laughs> yeah let's just pivot let's move on <laughs> i think liverpool might stay up yeah let's <laughs> let's uh, just file that under hot takes <laughs> newcastle you know what i'm saying I'm bad at names on the best of weeks. Okay, give me a break. <laughs> Wait, so are we not talking about Liverpool? Have we not moved on? No, no, no. <laughs> I want to know, are Newcastle staying up? Just one word. Yes or no? Chuck, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I've changed my opinion as well. I think, yes, they probably are staying up, yeah. All right, cool. Well, then let's move on there to Arsenal 2, Brentford 1, Arsenal 2.0 to Brentford 0.6. Uh, Arsenal going to stay up this season. <laughs> yes. Is Arteta a good manager? Yeah, I maintain. Yeah, he's fine. 
All right, there we go. He's fine. That's all we need to say about ourselves. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. They beat Brentford. That's a team with the letter B, and they're the team with the letter A. So that's like the top of the alphabet derby or something. I don't Brilliant. really know. Yeah. Okay. There you go. They're always right up there before the season kicks off, aren't they? Yeah, that's why Bournemouth were taking the piss. <laughs> Bournemouth took the piss by saying, "Yeah, we're AFC Bournemouth." <laughs> Fuck off. Pricks. Um. Yeah, Brentford haven't won a game since the beginning of January. Uh, they're kind of like Palace. And then before that, it's not till beginning of December. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six losses in their previous seven and a draw. Oh, guess who the draw was against? Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> they've just kind of... I mean, it's kind of uh, counteracted a lot of the good work uh, they've done at the start of the season. See, also Crystal Palace um, to make them kind of drag down into that area that we didn't necessarily think they would be. Um, underlying numbers wise, like again, like Palace, they're very, very similar actually to fortunes of this te- these teams. Um, they're still top half on expected goal difference per ninety. Um, their xG still again mid table. Their xGA still again solidly mid table just a really bad run and i think uh, i do start to wonder if potentially it's just that your your norwich your burnley your watford your newcastle getting a little bit of form all of those bottom four relative to how bad they were has i guess those points have got to come somewhere right when the very top are still just winning and it's whether it's just a bit of a natural ebb and flow as those bottom four kind of creep up a little bit and then the rest of the pack kind of start to move away again we're going to know a lot more about whether Brentford are going to get sucked in uh, in the next uh, few games because their next three are Newcastle, Norwich, and Burnley. So, wow! If they, yeah, if they can get well, I mean, if Brentford can okay. get four points out of those three games, I would say say they're probably, I don't know, yeah. fairly, fairly okay. Especially if you're what you're saying about the numbers being relatively mid-table. Um, then it is tricky because Tony's been a bit bit spotty this season. He's not done as well as I thought he would, I must admit. Um, are they relying on Ericsson? It's pretty big. Ericsson's going to be playing for the Newcastle game. Um, so that'll be interesting just to see if he has any, even if it's no massive footballing impact, because obviously he's been out for a little while. Will he have a sort of just a galvanising effect on, on, on Brentford, who, like you say, are in a, in a bit of a slump when it comes to results? But yeah, I think we'll know a lot more, won't we, after these after these three games? Mm-hmm. A, f- a few good good results, and they'll be they'll be back to sort of bottom bottom of mid table in the mini the mini league of mid table. That is really interesting. You say that about the fixtures because I mean, Palace have got Watford and Burnley in the next two, and we're kind of really worrying about them. So there's a lot of matchups in that area that are coming up right now. So I think you're exactly right. There's kind of once those shake out, I imagine as well, that's where we'll see big swings to the percentages um, on 538 as everything becomes quote unquote six pointers. They always are um, towards that part of the table as well. And the percentages do reflect that there's still like a lot of room for variance and chaos and noise in there because like um, there are four teams basically within 10 between within 12 percentage points of each other for that fourth for that third relegation spot so they have a basically tie between newcastle and burnley and then a little bit below that everton and leeds and then another jump from there to brentford so brentford are like not in the conversation yet but they kind of have whittled away their cushion Mm. or their wiggle room completely yeah there's two there's two two points to newcastle but it's i think it's it's where Watford sit right now. It's that I, I I think the key for a lot of these teams will be literally will just be the different distance between uh, 18th at the minute, um, which is Watford on 18 points from 24 games, um, which Brentford still sits six points above them, albeit Watford have two games in hand. So it's really low in it. You're not going to need many points this this season to survive. Mm-mm. No. They're so spread out. That's that's what I mean. Like the points are so spread out between the teams. Should we uh, take a little bit of the Arsenal side here? I think to be fair to Arsenal, we were talking about Newcastle having an amazing last month. Arsenal are fifth on that expected points table and only like one third of an expected point behind Newcastle in that last month. They are now almost level, yeah, fifth overall for the whole season on expected points or expected goal difference per 90. 
and most crucially, I think at this point, um, decidedly favorites for a fourth place, according to 538 at 48%. Man United and Tottenham exactly tied on 23 each. Yeah. I mean, you you look at the position they're in, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Wolves as well. As you physically look at the table, they're in a good striking distance there. Games in hand, um, you know, the space between fourth and eighth, which is Man United to Tottenham is seven points. Um, and that's there's three games difference in there. So although a lot has to happen and you can't just count them as, as three points, they'll, they'll fancy to at least put themselves within touching distance. Um, Arsenal as well, three points on Man United, uh, three games on Man United, sorry, but four points. Wolves, two games, four, uh, six points. So, you know, the way that could shake out, the, the, the fourth race still isn't even over. I mean, West Ham recently haven't been good uh, comparatively no, to no, how they've been it, it's kind of felt like an end of season Leicester kind of performance of what we're used to the last few years and, and they've kind of started dropping off and, and getting a lot of injuries at the back and, and that's not really helped things so yeah, yeah down, it's, it's, down to 4% for the Champions League um, yeah. for West Ham so that is you know made which will feel bad probably for their for their fans but it's getting a champions league would be like a cherry on top of you know what would already be if they guaranteed themselves a form of european football a good result for this year yeah i mean i think their fans have to remember where they were six or seven years ago you know where not even like two three years ago when david moyes the first time had just fucked them and they they were milling around at the bottom of the table kind of like where everton are now really yeah. i mean they're an absolute fucking train wreck so i know we're kind of jumping around here and not necessarily sticking to fixtures but no that's a good a place to transition lot. anyway because everton lost to southampton 2.2 to 0.3 on xg 2-0 on the scoreline everton now down on fucking 24 percent for relegation basically even with leeds and a slightly behind burnley and newcastle fucking everton like oof what what are what is an everton <laughs> what are Everton? You know, they... I don't... Uh, the Frank Lampard appointment just com- just compounds that even more. And as much as I like him as a person, I am incredibly impressed by him as, as a footballer and, and everything he did during his, his playing career as well. He's not the person you put in that situation to fix no. that fucking problem, to fix, like well over half a billion pounds worth of poor transfer decisions and just mismanagement of managers going from left, right and centre and, and selling players that have feuds with them and then getting rid of the manager. And like, I don't understand why a team that needs to sort themselves out, you you bringing in Lampard helps yeah. that. It's I agree. It, it was, it was experienced hand on the tiller time. Not, mm-hmm. you know, potentially... Maverick, who I I thought it was too well. I mean, maybe I'm speaking after the fact here, but it was too early for him to have the Chelsea job when he ultimately didn't do what he, in inverted commas, should have done at Derby, and and then he's managed to get himself another a, a Premier League job. But it's it just doesn't feel like the sort of Premier League job you give a, a manager, an unproven manager like like Lampard. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. It just seems it just seems odd. Um, Everton as are in definitely in the relegation fight. I mean, that's that's definitely twenty two points from twenty three. Um, next two games are uh, Man City, Tottenham. So while you know your your Brentford's will be eyeing the next few games as going right, we need to solidify. Let's bring Ericsson in. Blah blah blah. Let's let's get ourselves into the sort of mid table range. Everton will be lucky to not get dragged in even further in two games' time. Um, you know, because the teams around them have got decent fixtures, probably because they're all playing each other. So, you know, the points will be shared out, I suppose. But your Brentfords, your Norwiches, your Newcastles, they're all playing each other. And Everton are going to get tonked at Man City and, Liverpool, uh, Man City and Tottenham. Sorry. So, yeah, I, it doesn't look like good times to be an Everton fan at the minute. Um, no. But yeah. I mean, granted, you know, I don't want to seem too harsh because, like, he's been there three games as well, yeah. and so you know, he got he got a win. But before that, you know, they hadn't won since December, uh, the sixth of December, and then before that, they hadn't won since September. Absolutely, he's got the opportunity. Um, but what I'm saying is, it's just it, we we could definitely see the fuzzy thinking that is is getting in this manager. 
I don't think it also helps probably in sort of the very small Lampard part that for the last three games you've had three Newcastle wins, you've had Norwich picking up points, you've, um, I mean, Watford only have won their last game and, and only scored in their last game, but you know what I mean? Like, you have had those teams kind of start to get a few points and a bit of a run yeah. before or during that period, so I don't think that necessarily helps and is not going to buy any Bad timing, yeah. <laughs> any leeway, but yeah, because I, I just think it's, you know, if they were maybe up in where Southampton are now, who I I think have been doing really well. You know, Oscar, you say they lost to Southampton, but I mean, Southampton have lost once this calendar year so far in the league. Um, and that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six games, seven games, six or seven games, four wins in there as well. So, you know, they've had really, really good performances and solid from uh, Hassan the Hootal his weird ability to just all of a sudden get something out of that team and <laughs> and then concede a 9-0 uh, is just kind of baffling. And kind of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of highlights everything in that area of the league that is just shit, but also really good at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to kind of worry about Everton. Mm. But, you know, in four or five games time, we could be saying Leicester, you never know, they're not picking up points anywhere. or Maybe, but they've got to get Calvert-Lewin firing... Um... I mean, Southampton had 11 shots on target, which was more shots than Everton even had. They didn't get one on target. They had nine shots all off target. Yeah, I mean, 0.3 XG. That's nothing. They might as well not have been there. Yeah, very, very weak. And that's not what you expect from a a Lampard team. You expect probably, yeah, they'll let goals in, but they will score goals. And at the minute, they just aren't servicing Calvert-Lewin at all. I don't even think it's necessarily his fault. I just, when I'm watching, they're just they're just not getting the ball to him in the areas he needs it. And let's face it, the areas he needs it are in the six-yard box, directly in front of goal, and they're just not getting it to him. So you know, yeah, bad times at Everton, bad times, and it's crazy because like they're the other than Leicester winning it, they're the only team to finish in the top four outside of the big six in the last twenty years. Like just crazy that like now they're potentially in a relegation conversation a lot of sad american premier league fans right now <laughs> oscar enjoying a bit of tradition yeah been in the prem since the first year as well not been not been out of the prem no, so. never. oh that would be big that would be a bad loss ah they they're not gonna go down i don't think but anyway speaking of not going down but probably more worried about it than they need to be let's go to the mop derby i don't know that was a 10 years transition <laughs> palace <laughs> zero chelsea one palace 0.6 to chelsea one point Two reigning World Cup champions, Chelsea. My <laughs> World I Cup add. champions. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a, a competition that I cared about very immensely all along. Um, and could tell you who we played? Palmeiras, maybe? I don't know, yeah, actually. The, the second best team in the world, yeah. There you go, yeah. exactly. Um, Chuck, take it away with the Palace side of this one here. Why? Why? I don't want to. I don't want to. It's bad. We don't finish. We don't... Well, no. Come on. Yeah, no, we don't finish. Um... <laughs> Just same old shit, really. One win in 12. One win in 12 in the league. Draws, draws, draws. They still scored more than last season. Conceded less than last season. It's our second worst points tally after 25 games, I believe, that we've had since being in the Prem Hmm. uh, for this period, which just feels so weird and is the kind of disconnect with how watching Palace we've all kind of felt throughout the season Um, and I think that's kind of tempered the expectations a bit of everyone and I think rightly so that we had a really good kind of period at the start where we went six games where we were unbeaten and also had a couple of wins in there Um, the win to I think that would have been the win against Tottenham and then Wolves uh, then we had a couple of draws then a loss then like the win against Man City or something I I can't remember exactly the structure but regardless that it has then meant that we have dropped more and more. Now, we're still over a point per game just, but it's really hard when, you know, before the Chelsea game, you have you play Norwich, um, concede within the first minute. Uh, we played Brentford, who, like I said before, hadn't won a game in five. You know, we don't even manage to score against them. And so it's just a bit, abject performances recently with with kind of what was potentially expected i don't think it's as uh, mental as a lot of palace fans on on twitter i say a lot people saying that Vieira should be sacked 
Um, what? No. Which is really People are crazy. saying that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, people are stupid. And it's saying that he doesn't know how to manage games, he doesn't know how to use the squad, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, give him credit, he's had half a season yeah, and he's never same. managed in the Prem before. This team, like, I don't think people comprehend the fact that we have a centre-back duo who had never played together or played for the club <laughs> before this. Um, you bring in a lone player in Gallagher. You have players like Elise, who's never played in the league coming in. You have Edward, who's never played in the league coming in. And these are people that are like fixtures in, in that team now, for, for in a way. And we also have rotating options up front, which I think sometimes, yes, we probably shouldn't be playing Jordan Ayew when we haven't been scoring. He loves because, him, doesn't you know, he? He absolutely fucking loves Ayew. That is, that is one genuine, like, what are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> but like, like, what, come on. What, but, like, at what Jordan Ayew gives you, he is great. Like, he is great at pressing high, going non-stop and winning the ball back up there and retaining the ball. But his decision-making when he's on the ball is awful. He doesn't release it anywhere near as often. And his his shooting is absolutely woeful and has been for two seasons. Mm. So when you have that as a main fixture of your front three, where you're winning the ball from and that person can't distribute the ball, um, and also Joel Ward hasn't been great, especially in going forward as a right-back and has made a lot of mistakes this year, which has led to us kind of underperforming our XGA. Is it all kind of heads up? And um, yeah, it would have been nice to get points, um, point against Chelsea, even with our uh, current record of 11 draws uh, in the league, which also South, I've just seen Southampton have 11 draws, Burnley have 11 draws, Brighton have 12 draws. Um hmm. When all those teams, you know, 50% of their games at Newcastle as well, actually 10 draws four to five teams there where 50% or nigh on of their of their games have been draws. You kind of see why it's a bit turgid and locked up at the bottom. We've made vague hints and references at, oh, Palace looking behind their backs, Palace in the conversation for relegation. I, I vaguely hinted at like potential worry. For the record, it's only 5%. So that was a very, very, very much a joke. Um, but I want to get a temperature check of you as a Palace fan and in the Palace community insofar as you are a pretty prominent part of it, or at least a part of it, on Twitter. It should always be a concern. I, I think for for where we're at, for where we started the year, it always should have been a concern. But it would have been, you know, a few more attacking lineups in certain situations, going at teams early on. You know, we're we're a second half team um, and that's just getting kind of frustrating. And, you know, it's so many late goals and, and stuff like that that we're conceding. And I think the most interesting thing there is um, there's an account on Twitter. And the guy is a Palace fan, so there is kind of a bias on it, but it's it's like Tactics Badger. Um, and he pulled up some, some quite interesting stats, um, basically when teams are conceding their goals and in, in what kind of 15-minute stretch-ish um, of games. And so when you uh, arrange all the teams um, just looking at the last 15 minutes of each half, Palace have conceded 58.3% of their goals in the last 15 minutes of the first half and the last 15 minutes of the second half, which is by far and away, that's that's first. Second place, you've got West Ham with 52. Hmm. And, you know, we look at the late late games, which stick in the memory so much, but it's actually the first half where we're worst, which is 30.6% of our goals are coming at the end of the first half. And that's, you know, you can you can say about the end of matches and if you're not switched on and you're running out of energy. See, you know, teams like Leeds, especially this week against Man United, they just look like they were out of puff by that point, which was a real shame because it was a great match. Mm. But like at the end of the first half, you're like, right, what the fuck are you doing? Um, th- th- these numbers are just affected to kind of show that we're switching off by that half. And that... and not just in percentage-wise, numerically, um, 11, 11 of our um, 36 goals we've conceded have been in that period as well. And so it's it's by far and away the most numerically as well as as a percentage. And so it's just just quite poor, really, that, that kind of factor. And I think it was, you know, early season and to the first third, we were talking a lot about set pieces. I think that's kind of been rectified a bit now and, and we're starting to look a lot better. And I haven't noticed that as an issue and that we are conceding. Um, that may feel anecdotal, but this especially, you know, it just kills you. It kills the momentum before half time. It means you're then fighting back that, you know, the goals that you do earn aren't necessarily worth as much or, or, or can give as much of an uplift. Um, 
and yeah, just when you when you're battling against it and you're in that position, you you don't want that situation. I think I think it's the case, and it kind of it stretches out to to all the other teams around us. I mean, when you look at those 15 minute periods as well, you have Norwich. I mean, Norwich are the worst over the last half an hour of the match. Um, they've conceded 27 goals after the after the 60 minute mark. They're in top for both of those. Oof. Newcastle were next, 20 22 goals in that time. Um, I know, of course, they would have. Could, you know the reason they're down the bottom is because they concede more goals anyway, but you know the percentage of goals they're conceding is is quite high as well, like a twenty five percent towards the end. So yeah. it's kind of more of a sign of teams that are in that area. But you know if you have the first half that can kind of buffer that, and if we can, you know, if we can rectify that fifteen minute period before the end of the first half, more than more than the end, that kind of gives you the buffer then. That you're kind of you're two nil up going into the last five minutes, as opposed to a one nil hanging on or battling back from from one nil down, which mm. you know can you, isn't fun. Can you coach that out though? Because with with Palace, I don't know what you think. You would obviously know better than me. But when I watch Palace, I don't. I feel like it's concentration, not fitness. Like with some mm-hmm. to some teams, it does feel like fitness. With Palace, I'm not sure it does. Well, those do go hand in hand, though. But I think that's right because it's if it's if if you also like if you're if it is Jordan I who's starting all your games, you're not looking to go ahead early. You know what I mean? You're looking to set in a certain system and then potentially change things after, I think. You know, the one thing I did like before the Chelsea game, and we can come on to Chelsea in a bit, because I don't I don't think necessarily Chelsea really did much at all um, in the yeah. match. I mean, Lukaku got the record for the least touches ever from a player to play a full 90 since 2003, which was seven touches in 90 minutes. Um, uh, FB ref has it at eight. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Opta well, doesn't. Be. Opta doesn't. <laughs> um, even so, I doubt that's, I mean, at best then you're, that's equaling the record. Right? No, so, no, no. It's still um, the record. It's still, the, it's, it's like not even close. But, but he did say before, like he wanted to try something different. And I think that is kind of a situation where it is kind of a free hit. And you look at us at the start of the season the first game against Chelsea and Chelsea didn't necessarily play well and it was a 3-0 just thumped us um, and there wasn't much to be said about it and in this game it's a far far more tighter affair so I think that shows kind of an evolution and also trying as well a 4-2-3-1 so we did have Michael Elise in the 10 um, he did bring Eze on later on to be in a 10 but necessarily I don't think on pitch that translated well enough um, we probably could have done with having uh, a Benteke or Edward on or maybe even Mateta because he's been good recently as having a proper target man up there to kind of give the back three something to split them a bit or at least create the space for the number 10 behind or the wingers to kind of come inside um, but I think that's good that we, we saw something different against Chelsea because it kind of is a free hit there's no real point in uh, I said it before I said it for enough years like Hodgson setting up with seven centre backs and three DMs and you know two nil down in the 80th minute and sub a DM off for another DM at least it's at least it gives you something different, and I think it's just at the minute trying not to. As and I'm sure the coaches and the team are the same, and I'm sure every fan is the same. When you're on a kind of a really bad um, run of form, that not to see it as twelve games that shit's gone wrong, just see it as right. What can we do for the next game and then the next game and see learnings in that and just try and turn it around to the three. But you can't. You can't argue the fact that you know Brentford Norwich were below us um and and the next two we've got on Wednesday and Saturday I believe are Watford and Burnley and and they're huge for just physically making a big difference that all of a sudden in two games everything's absolutely right as rain and we're Mm. sitting on 32 points if we win those both of those games with I mean then at least a kind of 12 13 point cushion to the bottom so not to be have too much of a diatribe there. I did kind of diatribe. That's not even a fucking word. Not the right word anyway. But did try and kind of include other teams in that. But that's just kind of where I feel it's at. And that was this week's episode of uh, Palace Corner with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Spleen venting. Um, Chelsea. Yeah, let's take the Chelsea side of it. I mean, it's funny you talk you about free trophies. Hit. You won trophies. We did win a trophy, but you talk about free hitting. That is kind of what Chelsea's season feels like right now. 
um because we're 97 percent for champions league and we're zero percent for the title and it's just like <laughs> we could fuck around enough and potentially get ourselves like very very tangentially involved in the top four race um for coming from the upper side of it but that's you know that's so unlikely at this point that we our season kind of in terms of what we really have to play for it and that's the champions league um because that's kind of you know i mean we have some competition on sunday i think it's the league cup uh against someone in the league final cup, <laughs> league cup final right you got a league cup final you're in the fifth you round of the fa cup you yeah, just won the go. club world cup you could potentially win another three trophies this year yeah all the cups all the cups would be nice um no, I mean, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to pretend to care at all about the Club World Cup. I didn't try to watch it. I probably could have found it. Um, I figured with the time difference, it would probably be bad, but it might not have been. I genuinely have no idea. I didn't even bother trying. So, you know, I, and like, I know that I'm coming off like a snob and Ian's kind of rolling his eyes a little bit because I can see him on camera, uh, but I don't care about the League Cup. I'm sorry. I, I'm pretty sure it's Liverpool we have in the final, but it could be someone else. And I would believe you if you told me that it wasn't Liverpool and like, even the FA Cup you saw last year, we played Leicester in the final, and I was like, yeah, it turns out I wanted it when it was the day of the final, but like, I wasn't gutted to have lost that or anything. It's the Champions League. It's the Champions League because the Champions League is always the biggest one anyway, um, even though the Prem is the one that sort of dominates because of the sheer number of fixtures um, and conversations. But, you know, if we can get something out of the Champions League, by which I mean winning it um, and defending our title, then that would be a massive success, uh, you know all the sort of weirdness of the league season and the Lukaku-ness of everything would be very much forgiven. Um, and if not, if we just end up with third place and like kind of fart out the rest of our season with nothing really interesting going on, then I don't know. It's really weird to be looking at this team and be anything other than happy and good vibes because we are like, I mean, the 530, the, the double pivot guys just said this in their Patreon episode last week that like, Chelsea and Munich are probably 3A and 3B for the third best team in the world. And like when you hear that sentence and you look at kind of like the smarter people than us saying it, you're like, okay, there's probably some validity to that. But like emotionally, I don't feel like I'm watching the third best team in the world right now. I just feel kind of like numb. And <laughs> let's not dig into how that might have to do with different things going on in my own personal life. Um I don't know. Am I wrong? I don't feel like there's that much buzz around Chelsea. And certainly, like, coming off of we just won the fucking Champions League, like, 10 months ago. And we're playing this amazing football most of the time or some of the time. And then it just feels like everything's really kind of negative or not even just disinterested around Chelsea. Like, what's the temperature over there? Are people talking about Chelsea as a good team? Like, what's the media narrative with Chelsea right now? No, I think it's, I think it's simply a percentage and numbers game of what you have the most exposure to and also what is the thing that happens most frequently. And in in football, in your own country, league football is what is the highest volume of games, right? There's yeah. 38, 38, 46 games, whatever it is. And so when that's the exposure you have so often, that was kind of what formulates your opinions the most and everything else is kind of secondary. The Club World Cup, I... I I don't understand why if it is such a big prestigious competition and I and I think it deserves a place or at least there should be some sort of form of that that competition. I think it does make sense um and I think it is big for all the different um whatever words associations or, yeah. or what have you. Um but maybe like it should be in a summer at the end of a season or something like that. Anyway, regardless. Mm. I know there's difficulties of scheduling whatever. But like no one watched that here. No one did, I don't think. Was it even on TV? I have no, no idea. idea. Champions League is obviously a feature, but there's such big, great gaps in between, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the end of the group stages and then the start of the knockouts that I think we're kind of in that period then where league is what formulates the opinion of Chelsea so much. And, and where they are, you know, I'm, I'm loath to say that they're struggling, but I think for the level where maybe Chelsea were expecting to be at this season, and I think we all did um, after the, the three-horse race kind of ended, that they, they have kind of laboured there. And when that's coupled with a lot of injuries, uh, a feud with between the striker and the coach that, that leads to them having to put out an apology video. And then, you know, we joke about him not having touches. And I think, I think part of that 
you know, just to, to, to back my own team as well. I think part of that was Joachim Anderson and Mark Kerr. He are fantastic as centre-backs. Um, they did the same to Harry Kane earlier in the season. But I think also the seven touches is is compounded by the fact of the way Chelsea are playing. And so I think when you have those things that stick in the mind so much, um, especially the fact that us as football fans, 90% of the time we're all fucking stupid and if it's not the striker scoring the goals, we can't understand. <laughs> See also our opinions of Pep's Man City in the summer. But that's just kind of what formulates the opinion. So I, I think maybe that's kind of why you maybe f- feel the way you do because you're you're not, you know, you try and view the games in isolation and it's not the most exciting and then you try and view it as a big picture and you see, well, the top two are fucking miles away from us. So it's it's not good, even though it is good. You yeah. know, at this stage, 97% for the Champions League. Like you should be like, OK, well, like you said, free hit, dust ourselves off next season and also the Champions League. And I think that's a fair, quite a fair way of of me seeing a, a fan of one of those teams, yourself with Chelsea, of seeing the season kind of going forward. Yeah, if and I and sense. I don't by any means want to make excuses because they just have failed, like in their quest to try to win the title, and that was their like explicit task um, going mm-hmm. into the season. But it also is not that interesting to be like, yeah, huh? We talk. Oh well, fine. Um, and I think one of the bigger sort of factors at play here, at least for me, some is the the injuries. Is is Reese James and Chilwell? Mount hasn't been playing as uh, omnipresently as he has in the past few seasons um there's been no sort of momentum i think tuchel was talking about this that his it his it's his job as a coach he said to balance rotation for like injuries rotation for tactical things and then also like just keeping morale high and momentum high not getting in the way of players like sometimes you got to rotate sometimes you got to you make a different game plan and sometimes you just want to play the player who's playing really well um, and I think that was in regards to Ziyech because he had rotated him relatively recently. Who got the win? Late win. Late winner. Love that. Thank you. Shout out. Even if it wasn't Pulisic scoring, still love a winner. Yeah, um, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no like, I'm not like, oh, okay. By the end of last season, I had a pretty good idea who was going to be starting the Champions League final. Now I'm like with Lukaku coming in with the constant rotation of Kovacic and Jorginho and Conte, even in the midfield. Like, I don't know who our best players are. I don't think we've strung together, like, a consistent starting 11 for more than a handful of games at a time all season. And I do think that that is a genuine uh, issue as we approach the later stages of the Champions League, which is probably the thing that we care about most now. We need to know who our best 11 are and, like, who we're going to put out there, who's going to keep Real Madrid and all these other amazing teams to 0.2 XG like we did all of the second half of last season. Like, you know, we need to sort that shit out. Um, and it's and if the answer is that Lukaku is not in the starting eleven, then the answer should be that Lukaku is not in the starting eleven. Let's go back to Havertz as a striker because that worked really well towards the end of last season. I don't know. And you talked about a three horse race. I guess let's just move on from there because I don't really have much else to add to Chelsea. Um, Liverpool done absurd goals uh, both in quantity and quality. Liverpool three, Norwich one. Liverpool three point to Norwich. 0.6. Sadio Mane's goal should have counted for seven, I think, putting this scoreline at 10 to 1, in my opinion. 10 1 um, Norwich double relegation. That's just, that's yeah, Huey, that's Huey Lewis and the news right there. Uh, Norwich, Norwich scored first. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everyone screamed for their fantasy teams uh, there, especially during a double game week. Um, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool are just doing what they need to fucking do right now um and you know just kind of hoping that city fuck up they're keeping the pressure on they're keeping the pressure on they have a game in hand and that game if they win it would be three points behind so it's you know and they've still got to play city title nine pointer i think they would call that at that point 12 pointer 12 pointer there it is and then some guy will say this one's for all the marbles or something like that (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah something i don't know do you believe it I don't think there's a title race on. I think this is going to be there just is. hilariously close enough. Is. No, it's going to be good because now not only are City still going to win the title, but <laughs> yes, I, I get to have the added joy of watching Liverpool fans get reinvested <laughs> only to have the rug pulled out from under them right at the very end. I guarantee we go in with like two weeks into the season, Liverpool are three points ahead and then drop two games. 
Like some delightful <laughs> was... shit like that. Like the city's still gonna win this. Like go, come yes. on, everybody relax. City lost uh, when City lost to Palace, famously, um, <laughs> and Palace kept a clean sheet. Don't think I've mentioned that. Uh, that was in game week ten. Um, they've then won every league game since, um, and we're obviously <laughs> saying about the title race. But then they had a draw to Southampton, and then they lost uh, the other day to Tottenham. That's all it is, and all of a sudden, that's what it takes for the race to be back on. So as much as we've said like it's crazy and how much Liverpool have to do it is also fucking impressive that City still only had to fuck up two games for people for this narrative to justifiably I think to come back yeah because Liverpool have been unbelievable they it's just win 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 we are the Spain now we have two giant teams every single dropped point between either of them is a massive massive implication for the title race with a third kind of sort of team who's clearly better than all the rest of them, but not quite good enough to be winning with the... Th- yeah, we're sure. straight up, like, I guess we're the Atletico now, and then <laughs> the Premier League is the Spain. Because that's really what it is. Like, every single result going against or in favor of those two teams, like, it's, it's going to come down to fine margins. But those fine margins have already shaded way too much into Man City's side, I think. I don't know. Can we talk about Mane's goal? That's all I really care about this. I don't... F- fuck the title race. I don't think it's on. But, geez, that, like, sort of... Balletic, not quite bicycle, not quite overhead. Yeah. Like what? Well, what I really enjoyed about it was, you know, he didn't have the the space or the the ball wasn't sitting right to do what you usually do with an overhead kick, which is put your other leg up first to get you some momentum to f- flick with your dominant leg. He just sort of like fell into it perfectly. Like he, he only, there was only one way he could have scored that goal, and he did it, which was to sort of gently like fall fall backwards and just. It was it was a perfect deft touch, and yeah, what a what an amazing yeah, goal! He's gonna start by going by Mane, the last Airbender now, because the way he like <laughs> fell into a cloud to somehow float for a split second to get the rotation correct on that was like yeah outrageous. He looked like one of those figure skaters just doing like the when they just spin and then they like gracefully pose while they're yeah. spinning, and I'm like, oh, you're flexible and not getting dizzy. That's what he looks like. <laughs> But uh, Salah's goal as well. I mean, you had um, uh, an Allison assist. Lovely stuff. Allison assist. <laughs> sat, sat down their keeper outside the box with two <laughs> other Norris players around him and then hit the tamest fucking shot yeah. into the corner when there was a, a Norris player on the line who just went, ah, oh, I've got to watch that for about the next five seconds. Oh, it's in. And it's in. <laughs> and, it's in. and Luis Diaz as well, yeah. who has... Um, I mean, we've obviously been on a kind of here, here and there since he's joined, but um, I mean, he's looked fucking great. He's just like Liverpool um, uh, uh, recruiting system works again. Plug this guy in. Oh shit, he's really talented. <laughs> he runs a fucking lot, and he can hit balls like that. Lovely. Uh, I mean, one of Mane and Salah isn't getting a new deal, um, and it's going to be really weird. Maybe both. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Luis Diaz is is phenomenal. He's he's absolutely great. Yeah, and they're going to um, need him to be because Jota's injured now. Yeah, still not sure how much at this point. Yeah, as anyone said, it's a bit up in the air. And uh, Firmino is injured, so if Jota can get back a bit quicker, then that'll that'll help. But um, it sounds like Firmino Firmino's injury is probably worse actually. Uh, but yeah, so oh dear. Uh, but I mean, you've got a, a massive range of attacking talent at Liverpool. So I know you, you're absolutely right in that City are obviously in the box seat, and it's it's it would take a lot for for them to lose it. But I do genuinely think there is some interest back there now, and you've got to you've got to thank Tottenham for that because um, Christ, it was it was. It being wrapped up in in February it would yeah. have been really let's shout upsetting. Out, let's shout out Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. Shall we thank Tottenham then? Let's go to Manchester City two, Tottenham three. Manchester City two point two to Tottenham's one point eight. So let's be real sarcastic here and cue the jingle. Oh, oh, God. God. I try every time I try. <laughs> oh, they're better than they are today. Tottenham of, of the week. Spursy, Spursy of the week. It's this Tottenham of the week. We had uh Conte, man. Fucking Antonio Conte doing his Antonio Conte thing, <laughs> jumping around on the sidelines, dramatic <laughs> late goals. It. Some guy named Harai Kane, I don't know, the hurricane, <laughs> coming in here doing things like it's 1995. Youth all of a sudden springs eternal. Um, I don't know, man. 
Spurs? I said Tottenham. I said Tottenham were good again and were in a position to overtake Chelsea. They had uh, three games in hand and were in seventh. They played three games and then they were in eighth. Um, <laughs> lost, lost to Chelsea, Southampton, and Wolves, and then just pull out one of the best team performances of seen against City. Um, you, you know, obviously City seven point five of the XG is from the penalty, of course. So open play, you're looking at one point four, one point five. Um, Harry Kane playing marvelous balls, Son and Kulazewski. Uh, getting a real good understanding between that kind of set of front three. And, you know, quite rightly, Patreon Jeff Pedder said that he, you know, he had to go see a doctor because it, it, the erection had lasted for more than four hours. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm not surprised after that game. Like, I was watching the highlights earlier and even, know, you know, you know what the result is and you start to look at other things. I'm like, fuck, that was, that was great. That was really great to watch. And they had a goal disallowed as well. And so the fact that it's then Harry Kane doing Harry Kane things, uh, everyone's going on that that means, of course, Jack Grealish was a, was a waste of money for them um, because that's how Man City work. They don't work like that, you fucking dickheads. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just great. And uh, yeah, Conte going absolutely fucking ballistic, especially after City had equalised in the 94th, 93rd yeah. minute with the pen. Um, Credit to Tottenham for not just going. Oh fucking hell! You know they've 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 equalised. They, they had all the possession. It's a done mm-hmm. deal. You know they kept they kept at it. And I mean it was it was great. It was great from Tottenham. They they kept things so compact, but like both they they kept things quite narrow. I thought they kept things uh, the the lines were um, close between the defence and midfield. They did incredibly well at frustrating City, who had a lot of chances. But then... 29% possession. Is, is that what Tottenham if that, had, Jesus? If that means so much. Yeah, very much a very, very, very classic case of uh, quality over quantity here because, you know, very little percentage, um, only six shots compared to 21. But if you look at the shot map, all of Spurs' shots are... At the penalty spot, yeah, because because yeah. Kane kept getting in between the centre backs. It happened again. Six and it, shots. Uh, you know, it happened. Fucking hell. They they had so many times that it happened. I say so many times. You're obviously saying it as six shots, so it happened six times. But like, it was. Why are you not shutting that door? It was it was bizarre that they gave Kane the ability to just run between them all the time. And the Man City do have this in them um, when they have. You know, so much possession, and they don't automatically turn it into goals. They do, you know, like you say, with Palace have done it to them, Tottenham have done it to them. It's it's something that does happen, not regularly, but regularly enough that you'd you'd think Pep would sort of close the door on it. I think it happened a couple of times in the first half, and I was really surprised to see it continue to happen on mm. the counter attack in the second half. It just it just didn't look like uh, and. You know, far be it for me in my basic fucking way to to criticize a man who's playing five D chess, but especially for the third goal for for Tottenham, it just looked like like neither of the centre backs picked up Harry Kane. But how neither how is that, that possible situation. in the ninety seventh minute when they've seen it happen? Like it, so it, it's, weird, it's really so strange. weird. Kyle Walker did the backing into him Harry Kane thing that Harry Kane does to everybody yeah. instead of jumping to clear the ball and then fucking yeah. Harry Kane scored in the ninety seventh. I was like, bro, contest that because ball he didn't even least. back into him. It it just ended up being side to side because Kane just came in, but like that that shouldn't be happening. That Laporte was kind of really slowly tracking back and didn't kind of went to go out. To me, I can't remember who it was. Was on the eighteen edge of the eighteen yard box to to potentially stop Kulazewski from playing that ball straight across. But then then went oh shit no I should probably get the six foot three guy who's going to be six yards out from the goal <laughs> and I oh, scored so it doesn't matter. Like it just seemed weird that they they didn't in that moment at least isolate the the, the biggest threat, which is yeah you know what don't let Kane get a running start on you mm. um, to end up six yards it's out. It's because but- they don't realize that strikers exist. When you're at City for long <laughs> enough, they forget that that's a thing, so they don't uh. know they have to defend them. They're like. Yeah, but he wears the number ten. So <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Pep should see that because all Pep sees is number tens. Like he just everything number ten. <laughs> Where does this person play? Number ten. Yeah, but he's at the back. Yeah, he's a number. Oh, 10. speaking of number tens and City, did you see that um, Aguero said that Terry's the best defender he ever played against, and Lampard's the best midfielder he ever played against? 
And I'm like, you cheeky fuck, you wanted to come to Chelsea all along, didn't you? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Aguero was uh, answering lots of questions on Twitter. And yeah, yeah. those are two interesting ones. Two interesting answers there. Mm. Um, shall we... United, I don't like talking about them. I don't watch them. Fuck them. But like, they did win... 4-2, and it was an exciting game from what I've heard. Uh, what, I will, what I will say is Leeds... Uh, Leeds has a bit of drama at the minute, I kind of with Rafinha. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what's going on. He was subbed off at half-time the other day and then didn't start in this game. Very odd. Leeds didn't get going and then uh, 53rd and 54th minute scored. <laughs> um, if, if you're looking at clock... It was one minute ten between the goals. If you're looking at actual time of the ball physically being on the pitch, uh, there was 24 seconds of play between the two goals. Great fun. Um, once <laughs> once the restart had happened, um, and yeah, they they just pressed and they were attacking and it was and it was exciting leads again. But then they just burnt out fucking fast, which. You know, it, it it's no secret the volume of, of injuries and issues they've had um, throughout the season. And, and still, you know, y- you take Bamford of the form he'd been in for them recently and you take Calvin Phillips, who was, you know, guaranteed starting for England and that kind of thing. And yeah. in that position was fantastic. Um, you know, any team's going to be affected. But yeah, it's it's gone on for a long time now, Leeds, and it's it's a shame. Um, because they were at least, you know, fun to watch and I wanted to enjoy them and I couldn't and I reverse jinxed them. But what I will say is, well, A, Bruno Fernandes is a fucking idiot because just before the Leeds second goal, he didn't get fouled and then rolled around on the floor oh, for ages. Oh, he did, didn't he? Uh, Jesus just kept going, Christ. kept going, kept going, kept going. Well done, you. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. There's a man with a video right now, so if it is a foul, it would have got called back. <laughs> Funnily enough, Adam Forshaw didn't even touch you. He just completely got the ball. <laughs> and this weird thing, right, where football fans, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that any club isn't, you know, has its percentage of scumbags, but spend the whole match giving players and giving individual shit um, to try and put them off or whatever, as long as it's not, you know, there is an element of gamesmanship in that and it's, you know, we don't want to see racist and homophobic and that kind of abuse. But, you know, there is generating that atmosphere and booing certain players and uh, Chris Wood constantly meowing. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank God. I was about to cut you off, but I didn't want to cut you off in the middle. But, like, someone needed to thank God for that. Yes. For the listeners that don't know, uh, Kurt Zuma did a terrible thing and then... You should be very kind to animals and your pets and all that. But he had an incident and he got his pet taken away and there was a video and all that shit. They're playing and fucking the opponent player just meow, meow, meow <laughs> out of <laughs> the whole fucking time. And Craig Craig Dawson went to the ref to fucking complain. Fuck what you. a prick. <laughs> Fuck that. But anyway, to go back to the original point, because uh, this happened with... Uh, Anthony Alanga. So, like, Leeds fans have just been giving Man United shit the whole time. So when he when he scores, obviously celebrates, goes past them, and starts getting shit thrown at them. Like, that's not fucking okay. Like, don't give it the big into someone, and then when they shut you up, by being good at their fucking job... <laughs> Don't then throw stuff at them. We've had it with uh, Everton fans. We've had it with Leeds fans now. We've had it with countless others. I include all teams in that. If if you've been giving shit... Like, Jamie Vardy. No one should ever say anything against Jamie Vardy or his missus or any chance against him because he will make you look like an absolute <laughs> fucking prick. And when that happens, you just have to stand there and take your medicine and that's it. Yeah. And if someone's going to go and rub the United badge, especially after the game, because there's a big rivalry and a big history there, take your medicine don't throw shit at people. Yeah, I mean, he got hit. Meow, meow at them. Meow at them. Yeah. He got <laughs> right, hit meow. on the head, for fuck's sake. I mean, it could have been really bad. Um, yeah. You know, very lucky. that, And, and also, it wasn't the only thing that was thrown, like you say. And someone's going to get the, you know, fucking something in the eye or something. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad. And, yeah, it need, it, I don't know how you police it other than uh, aggressively uh, pursuing the people that do it uh, legally. But... They'll just yeah. end up putting fucking barriers in front of yeah. you. Well, that's the it, and no again. one wants that. You know, it would be awful. But uh, anyway, it was an incredible match. Um, how Scott McTominay stays on the field, I don't know. Because, I mean, what was the... It worked. Place for Man United, that's probably why. Yeah, well, exactly. Weren't the worst thing, but was it Cock who was uh, bleeding <laughs> from the head before he even hit the head? <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> 
God, that's God. Oh, you should get that looked at if your cock's bleeding from the head. I'm just saying. I, I was aware. I knew, I knew he got. I knew he got sent off. I knew uh, he sent off. I knew he got subbed off very early, but I didn't know why. And yeah, it was literally they'd gone up for the header. Yeah. Um, he got the shoulder in the face, and by the time he hit the floor, like because yeah. of his hands going on, his whole head was just covered. I think he just oh, split his eyebrow oh, open, yeah, um, and then couldn't come on. I uh, uh, stay on. I think it was a concussion. Oh yeah, sub he, in but the he end. did. He did play on for a bit. It, it was a bit mad that because they know it wasn't a concussion mm. substitute. That's the thing. They they chose for it not to be, which is is weird. He played on. He he did another about I don't know six seven minutes, and then it was clear he had to come off. So I don't know what. Why the concussion protocol didn't show up that he wasn't fit for it? Um, yeah, and I don't know why they didn't choose. Apparently, that was Leeds' choice. I mean, if you have a concussion, it's fucking stupid substitute. Then it's it means the stupid. other team also gets another substitute. So did you? Did they not want Man U to have four substitutes? I don't know. It was all very odd. I thought it was pretty badly done. Why can't you have a temporary substitution? Like so, you can you know while you assess him. And then you can decide whether to, to use it. It's yeah. very strange. I don't know. I think while you assess and, yeah, then use it. I don't think, you know, that, yeah. yeah. Sorry, for a second, I thought you meant bring them back on. But no, uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if you're just assessing the concussion and you've got that, do it. I mean, it was in the Champions League, but Stefan de Vrij for Inter the other day, um, he said after a head collision in the Champions League last week, he played, like, 85 minutes with double vision oh that's just outrageous that's so like, bad what the fuck <laughs> yeah apart from anything else that's no it's no good for performance is it so, stop know. doing that to yourself like trying to do some yeah. macho bollocks that has been brought up by sports like yeah well no can't complain like bleed keep going until your leg falls off and whatever fuck off it's it's not productive for your team in the most intense competition that there is in football. No, because if you're seeing double, then your goals count as two and your yeah. assists all count two, as right? two. Yeah, it's yeah. like um, the, the magic ball in the, the new FIFA mode. Oh, uh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. Sorry, I don't watch uh, international football that much. I, I appreciate that. That's good. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it. I mean, there's other fixtures, but I don't care about any of yeah. the rest of them. So that, so I'm deciding that'll do it. There's fixtures in the, in the middle of the week. There's fixtures at the weekend. Um, who knows what's happening? Uh, but do 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 do. Should we quiz? Oh, Hell yeah! Let's quiz. quiz um, oh, uh, jingle, jingle. Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> no toys on hand at the minute. No toy, no toys on hand. I did forget the toys. <laughs> um, I right. I've got one for you. It's a different format again, which is good. And uh, this one is going to be all about quick fire, quick thinking on your toes. I'm so bad under pressure. <laughs> Um, before we recorded, I asked the two contestants to pick a number between one and 26 gladiators uh, of the two titans of podcasting. Um, uh, not necessarily in stature, but uh, <laughs> never mind. Um, Oscar, of course, picked 13. Ian picked 14, which means I've given him the 13th and the 14th letter of the alphabet. Really simply, I'm going to quick fire as many things as possible. Uh, as many questions, sorry, as possible. I have 15 down. Okay. And each of you will get 30 seconds to give an answer that begins with the letter you've given in that time. You can pass and we'll come back can if we've got time. Okay, thank God we'll for We'll do that. that. <laughs> um, we'll keep going. Hopefully you don't get the same uh, number. Uh, I might have a tiebreaker. Probably don't. Um, and the other one, to make sure you don't just give answers that aren't answers we won't disrupt you in the middle but the other competitor uh, other contestant will be keeping check shall we say but my decision is fucking final <laughs> as always all right all right that's it uh we flipped a coin before we start and it came up uh ian so uh ian's gonna go first your letter is the letter n yeah you will have 30 seconds to give me as many answers now oh one last thing <laughs> If you if you give me someone's name potentially, it's the surname okay. that has to begin with a letter. Or if you give me, it can be the first name, but you have to give me the first name and the surname. If you see what right, I mean. Right. Okay. So, for example, if your letter was H, yeah. you couldn't just say Harry. Yeah. But you could say Harry Kane. Fine. Your thirty seconds starts now. Premier League team. Uh, Norwich. A film title. Uh, <laughs> um, fast. A Premier League player. 
Uh, Current? Uh, Nani. <laughs> a planet. Neptune. A sport. Netball. An animal. Uh, uh, nematode. <laughs> a county of England. Northamptonshire. I'll give you that. That's not, is that a county? A nematode is <laughs> a worm. Uh, I'm giving it. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> Uh, Northamptonshire is a county. Yeah, is uh, you said Norwich, a Premier League team. I, I mean, yeah, I did. I didn't specify a current <laughs> player or not. So yeah, Nani, that'll do. Uh, Planet <laughs> Neptune, sport. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, I'm relatively happy with that. Yeah, six yeah. is not bad. I thought I, that's better than I would have guessed. No offense, Ian. Six is no going to be. I'm glad I prepared. I'm glad I optimistically prepared fifteen, thinking you might get close to double figures. No, you had to be prepared. That's good. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> right, it's Oscar's turn. Your your letter is, of course, M for Mike. If you're ready, your time will start now. A Premier League team. Manchester United. A Premier League player. Sadio Mane. A month of the year. May. A musician or band. Uh, Metallica. Spice or herb. Margarine. A fast food chain. McDonald's. A girl's name. Martha. <laughs> a country. Macedonia. A mode of transport. Motorcycle. A film title. Mafia. <laughs> oh, is Mafia a film title? It doesn't, I don't it know. Doesn't. I figured you, it is. I don't it know. Really Two, three, matter. four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, oh, no. nine. Ian, play the music. It's up to you. Hey. New oh. York. Hey. New York. New York. Oh, that was really fun. My heart's going a million miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, pressure. I thought it'd be intense. I definitely didn't steal that from a radio station that I listened to in the morning. <laughs> I mean, they do, they do five in ten seconds, so you'd definitely be fucked, Ian. Okay, well, uh, so yeah, so we got four fixtures in the midweek. We got Burnley, Tottenham, Watford, Palace, Liverpool, Leeds, Arsenal, Wolves. Uh, that's across Wednesday and Thursday this week. Friday, Friday deadline. Friday deadline for your FPL teams. Mark Is Daffin. It? Mark Daffin, yeah, Friday. I did not know that. Okay, Thank good. you very much. You're welcome. Public service. That's what the patrons pay for, specifically <laughs> Mark. Um, we start on Friday night, 8 o'clock, with Southampton against Norwich. Then on Saturday, we've got Leeds, Tottenham, Brentford, Newcastle, Palace, Burnley, Brighton, Aston Villa, Mad United, Watford, Everton, Man City, West Ham, Wolves. And then that takes us into uh, next week whenever. So, um, I mean, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go home. I mean, we are home. I'm home. You're home. He's home. Yeah, I'll check the cameras. We're all at home. Uh, never mind. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be back as a tripod. Um, say goodbye, Oscar. Bye. You best behave yourselves while I'm out. Ooh, never. Uh, say goodbye, <laughs> Ian Stimson. It's going to go fully off the rails. Absolutely. It was never on them. We're like a hovercraft. Um, big thanks, producers, Johnny, Nate, Mark, Sam, Jeff, Andy. Uh, the one from Sutton. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs>